Locale. Local. Shock. Local. Cambiamento. Tapir. Gergelecta. Sacula Ijaia. Food. Change. Hello everyone and welcome back to the SPIN podcast. My name is Valentina Gritti, I'm your host and the Global Community and Project Manager of the Slow Food Youth Network. The Slow Food Youth Network, or as we call it SPIN, is a worldwide network of young activists with different backgrounds who want to contribute to a better local and international food system. In today's episode, we will find out how municipalities can contribute to create sustainable food environments. I had the chance to interview Thais Tatiane Padilla, previous project planner and international relationships manager at the Secretariat for Food Security at the Municipality of Curitiba in Brazil. Thais will tell us more about different inspiring initiatives, such as how the municipality has built an urban farm at the city center in Curitiba how they create community gardens in empty spaces and what are the solidarity tables and the restaurants of the people. In the second half of the episode, we will have a conversation with Davide Zarri, who is 29 years old and is a project officer at the municipality of Bergamo in Italy. Davide will explain how different public initiatives have been developed to foster sustainable food environments. We will learn about the Biodiversity Valley, the project of organic school canteens, the Food Policy Council and much more. So get ready for an exciting episode where you can hear of public initiatives that can be potentially replicated in your municipality as well. I am now in a conversation with Thais Tatiane Padilla previous project planner and international relationships manager at the Secretariat for Food Security at the Municipality of Curitiba, Brazil. Thank you. Thank you very much, Valentina. It is really an honor for uh, the city of Curitiba and the Municipal Secretariat of Food and Nutrition Security to be here representing and talking to you all about our programs and projects that we are developing here in the city. The Municipality of Curitiba supports urban agriculture by making empty public spaces available for private citizens and companies to create their own garden. Some of the gardens are even built below the electricity towers. Here in the city, especially in our secretariat, we have the Urban Agriculture Program. And and here we develop the school gardens, the, the institutional gardens with the private sector and also the, the community gardens that we have uh, among the, the communities. If the community or a person, they want an urban garden at the neighborhood or at the community, uh, it's a process that they have to go through, you know. They fill in the form, it comes to the secretariat, and then we take a look at it, and then our technicians that we have agronomists here uh, at the program of the urban agriculture, and they will analyze, they will go, to see where the community wants to build that urban garden and if it can be built there, if the, if the space is appropriate to do that. If it's not, they're gonna, they're gonna search for any, uh, any other empty place or some place that they can, can use that. And also if a school here in Curitiba or a, pr- a private sector like a company, a big company or a small company, they want also to build that urban garden, um, they, they will have to go through the same process. They, they need to tell us that they want that, then we will go there and see if we, if we can do that. And also one thing that is very uh, interesting is that we provide the technical support 
to implement the, the, the urban garden and, and later if the community or the private sector or the school, they still need our help, we will go there and we will see how we can, uh, how we can help to, to keep that urban garden always uh, flourishing, always going on. The aim that we have with this program is to promote the use of public and private uh, empty spaces, spaces that were not being occupied before, like the urban gardens that we have under the power towers here in the city, that they are really great. It was a space that we didn't use. And now the community, they have the place to plant, to grow their own food there. And they, they can grow the food uh, uh, to, to use, to, to consume. Or if they have a surplus, they, they can even change with the other communities. It's really, uh, it's their space. They can, they can use it in, in, in the way they, they want. The aim that we have is to improve uh, the food quality of the population, that they have access to the food, and also to reduce the cost in the family budget, because uh, uh, since not just now with the pandemic, but uh, so some people they strive, they have difficulties, uh, like vulnerable people in vulnerable communities, to buy the food. Uh, so what we aim with this project also is to reduce the, the budget in the family. What I find particularly interesting in this project is that the people don't have to pay anything to have access to the land for their urban garden. And in addition to this, they will receive technical assistance from the municipality as well as the seeds and the materials they need. They just need to have the interest and also to, to be able to continue the, the urban garden by themselves. And if they need our help, we'll go there but uh, we don't specifically, uh, we don't stay there and, and have like a, a frequency or something. It's just if they need our help, they need to know that if they want the urban garden, the responsibility to take care of it is gonna be theirs. The Secretariat of Food Security, in partnership with the Environment Secretariat, has also promoted the creation of educational honey gardens spread in some of the urban gardens. In these honey gardens, they have beehives with native stingless bees, and this supports the pollination within the city and increases the quality of locally grown vegetables. We need to make the community aware of the importance of bees for the balance of the biodiversity because I think, uh, at least here in Brazil, people are a little afraid of bees. So we have these honey gardens at school gardens because then the kids can learn about the bees, that what they are good for the planet and what they do. And not just in the, in the school gardens, but also at the urban farm here in Curitiba, in private companies, uh, in the parks around the city, we have those, those honey gardens spread around town. Thais mentions that they have a honey garden also in the urban farm. The Fazenda Urbana is the first urban farm in Curitiba and it's in the city center. It was launched in June 2020 despite the initial challenges due to the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it's a space where private citizens, schools and companies can go and learn about farming. Uh, we are all really, really proud of it. And it's a space... Uh, 
where we can promote the food and nutrition security here in the city. It's really near the center of the city. We have like a bus terminal uh, around it. We have uh, companies, we have houses, we have a whole community around it. And the purpose is that we can connect the urban and the rural here. It was built to be a, a place to disseminate education so people can learn about what they can do, how they can grow their own food if they live in a small house or if they live in an apartment. It's a place where we, we try to teach people uh, about composting, about uh, the full use of food also. And we have a school kitchen at the urban farm. We call it a school kitchen. It's a big kitchen where we have, uh, we have sinks, we have a stove, we have a place where people can cook there. We have lessons, we have classes there of full use of food. Uh, so you go to the urban farm and you learn how to, how to use the food, how to, to have a healthy meal. And you, you go and, and you take the food right there from the urban farm where it, it is growing. And then you take to the, to the school kitchen and there you can learn about it. We are going to launch two other uh, urban farms here in Curitiba. This one is near the center, and the other two, they are going to be in more vulnerable spaces of the city. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen the same way with the, with the same uh, things that we do at the other ur urban farms. So we're going to have three urban farms, I believe, uh, maybe in 2023 or 2024. We, we're going to have three in the city. At the urban farm, they are really making an effort to promote sustainability. They have solar panels, they built a system to collect rainwater, and they have a space dedicated to unconventional food plants. Visitors can taste those plants directly from the garden and also learn how to cook them in the urban garden's kitchen. In addition to that, the municipality provides a series of videos you can watch to learn more about the full use of plants and unconventional food plants. The Fazenda Urbana has been designed as part of a circular system. Everything that we produce at the urban farm, it goes to the food bank, so we can, we can also assist the, the population in this matter. That we are going to talk also about that other uh, project here called Solidarity Table. In Portuguese, it's Mesa Solidaria. And that we serve uh, free meals for the vulnerable pop, uh, population. And we also use the, the, the food that we grow at the urban farm, goes to the food bank, then it goes to this project called uh, Mesa Solidaria. We really talk about the, the food uh, cycle, uh, and it all begins and ends at the, at the urban farm. The Solidarity Tables are also a new project of the municipality with the intention of guaranteeing access to good food for the most vulnerable population. The tables have been of great help in Curitiba, especially during the pandemic. They currently have four spaces used for the tables and each space can serve about 200 to 300 meals. The exact number of meals depends on how much food the institutions are able to cook on that specific day. On weekends, in addition to lunch and dinner, in some of the locations they also serve breakfast. It's a project here uh, at the Secretariat and at the city of Curitiba. It was launched in December uh, at Christmas in 2019, right before the pandemic started. Uh, 
and it was a really good thing because it it continues to help the vulnerable pop population also the homeless population here in Curitiba because uh, we don't charge for these meals uh, the meals are for free and we serve them uh, in the center of the city in four, we have four spaces right now that, that we serve them from Monday to Monday so people know that they are gonna find uh, uh, a really tasty and really uh, great meal at this place. Uh, and how does it work? It's a partnership between the three sectors of the society. We have the public sector, that is the city of Curitiba, and we provide the space for the, the institutions to serve the meals. Uh, when, when, the, when the population, when the people come to this place, they have a sink to wash their hands, they have soap, they have a bathroom, it's all, it's all clean, they have a table, they have a chair where they can sit to eat, uh, to eat this food with, with dignity, with, in, a clean in a clean space. They, they don't eat the food in the, in the street, how we see most of the times. And then we have the partnership with the institutions, né? with the N NGOs, and they prepare the meal and they take the meal that it's ready to this place that, that we provide. And, and we serve it to, to the population. Uh, we aim to serve the homeless population, the vulnerable po population, people who maybe lost their jobs during the pandemic, people who, are, who need. It's open for, for everyone that, that needs the, that free meal, they can go there. And sometimes we also have the private sector helping us. The, some companies here uh, at the city, they, they provide the meal and they go there and they also serve. It's really a, a really beautiful project and it's helping the, the entire population here in Curitiba. The Solidarity Tables are not the only initiative to support access to food for people in need. The Restaurant of the People has also been offering low-cost healthy meals for some years already. The popular restaurants, it is spread around the town in five places. So we serve uh, lunch meals from Monday to Friday, but but this one it's not for free. It has a really uh, small price. That in reais, the in Brazil it's three reais, about uh, 50, 56 cents in in dollar. It's it's super cheap. And and this one the the municipality we cover some of the of the price of the meal because the municipality hires a company. And, and it cooks there and it serves and they serve the meal. And the population, they pay these three reais and the municipality covers all the rest of it that is way more than, than three reais. Since it's not a, a recent uh, program, it has more than, than 20 years, then the population, they, they are already uh, used to it. And then we, we see here that we have uh, not just people who are unemployed or the homeless people that are the target of the Solidarity Table program, but we have a lot of workers that, that work around there in, in companies, in all the places, and they go there and they eat. And it really helps the, the family budget as well because it's a cheap uh, meal and it's, it's balanced because the, the meal needs to, to, to go through the analysis of a nutritionist also. Uh, so the, the entire month we have a nutritionist uh, overseeing these, these meals. And we serve uh, per day around 4,700 meals. 
Last but not least, the municipality of Curitiba has developed many initiatives to tackle food waste and has supported Slow Food Youth Network Brazil in the organization of several editions of the Disco Sepa, the local version of the World Disco Soup Day. Let's listen now to Gabriela Bonilla, the national coordinator of the Slow Food Youth Network in Brazil. Our partnership with the municipality here in Curitiba started in 2014, when we organized the first Disco Soup, which is an event to raise awareness about food waste. So we collect food that was going to be thrown away, and we cook and we serve to people. We work together in many kinds of activities, but especially Disco Soups. Uh, we made a disco soup at the central food market. We also organized a disco soup at the city center of Curitiba for more than 3,000 people. And we also worked together in educational activities. We partnered in the Sfin Academy, which is an educational program for food, future food leaders. And we also joined them in their events to make workshops about food waste, about the philosophy of slow food, and every time that there is an opportunity, we work together. And now it's time to move to the municipality of Bergamo, where I meet Davide Zarri. In the past, Davide has also worked together with the Milan Food Policy, which he considers one of the best food policy teams in the world. Now he has been working since 2021 with the municipality of Bergamo as food policy officer and he's really excited about his role. I've been in interested uh, into food since um, since my childhood. I, 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 I've always loved cooking. Uh, I've always loved, you know, agriculture. I, I, I was raised in a, you know, in, in, in the countryside. So Uh, actually this was my natural uh, you know orientation so for this reason uh, I got interested into what is urban food policies uh, that, that is you know uh, the, the the activity to manage and think of food uh, at urban level you know uh, we all know that more than 60% almost 70% of the citizen of people Our citizens, urban citizens. So, uh, how urban citizens eat, how they behave in terms of food consumption, food uh, purchases, um, it matters. It is really relevant. For this reason, if you are able to drive uh, how and what consumers eat, uh, we can really change. But how can cities become sustainable? How can we measure sustainability in a city? There are many actions that cities can do in order to improve general sustainability. Uh, I'm thinking of urban urban gardens, but there are also many other areas like uh, you know farmers markets, uh, uh, the local economy, food solidarity, food waste. Uh, social uh, integration, school gardens, botanical gardens, school canteens, of course. Uh, there is a plenty uh, of initiatives that can be done at urban level to improve the sustainability of cities through food. 
Now let's give a closer look to what the city of Bergamo has done in practice in order to create sustainable food environments. But first of all, for those of you who don't know this city, Bergamo is located in the north of Italy, not far from the Alps mountains. It is a medieval city surrounded by medieval stone boundaries. In the city boundaries, there is a natural valley called the Astino Valley, which has been awarded as one of the best European landscapes in 2021 is a huge uh, 60 hectare uh, land uh, that was renovated, completely renovated uh, after um, 200 years uh, uh, of misuse and uh, uh, intensive agriculture. The land was almost abandoned 15 more or less years ago they started uh, to renovate it and the, the idea was to create a natural valley within the city boundaries. And mm, now uh, we have a totally different valley where that is all organic. So uh, the, um, the 40 hectares of crops are completely organic. There's nature, a couple of forests, there is the biodiversity valley. It's a huge complex uh, that surrounds a monastery, a medieval monastery, uh, that also was renovated and today uh, is going to become a natural landscape academy. So the, this is the importance of this uh, project because it's, uh, you know, uh, it highlights the connection between urban, what is urban, what is rural, and the natural landscape, it's uh, conservated and is protected. I asked Davide to describe for us how the valley actually looks like. Uh, the valley is surrounded by, by uh, some forests and think of a green, colorful paradise. Uh, you, can, you can see just a lot of nature and it's really peaceful there's no you know noise of mm, cars it's a really medieval environment with this monastery in the middle that you might think that <laughs> you are back uh, to to the middle age uh, it's a very very interesting place i can really walk there 20 minutes from my home and it's really peaceful. It's a really peaceful place. I, it's among the best place I might suggest you to, to visit if you ever, if you ever come to, to visit Bergamo. Inside the Sino Valley, Bergamo can boast having a very unique urban garden. This garden is called the Biodiversity Valley. In the high season, the valley includes more than 1,000 varieties of more than 400 species. There are more than 15 varieties of basils, more than 20 varieties of wheat, just to give you some examples. It's, a, you know, an explosion of color and of, bio, of agro-biodiversity. The Biodiversity Valley is managed by the Botanical Garden Municipal Agency. The agency also carries out educational activities, organizes collective harvest moments and food-related seminars and workshops open to the public. Of course, there are sessions to harvest food. Uh, there is time for everything. But any, in, in any case, if you are interested, you can just uh, go there 
and during uh, specific sessions go uh, check on the website of the botanical garden of bergamo there are collective harvestings to harvest food the different foods and then you can bring them home uh, by by simply offering you know uh, uh, a, a donation yeah i've been there already and also i i did some harvesting i brought home some tomatoes uh they were particularly uh special in a way they they were so green they looked uh they looked not good but actually they were so sweet they were <laughs> one of among the sweetest tomatoes i ever tried in my life uh although they were very green yeah maybe the variety was green right yeah the, the variety the was green, green. I, i i i honestly don't even know the name of that variety but in any case when you go there uh, you get stunned you get you know amazed of that number of varieties mm, there it helps you really understand mm, what is agrobiodiversity and why it is important to to protect it and to protect it also uh, with our fork in addition to the biodiversity valley in bergamo there are other urban gardens mostly in public spaces and these gardens are managed by private citizens or by associations in the case of for example community gardens But now let's add another topic in the conversation and let's see which initiatives are related to schools in Bergamo. Bergamo believes that um, food education is a, you know, a key lever to improve uh, the, the whole sustainability uh, of the food system and the sustainability of, of Bergamo itself. So uh, um, Bergamo is committed to uh, reach 100% of organic food in school canteens. This effort uh, started many years ago, now is still going on. Uh, we have reached uh, a really high level of organic food in school canteens. Right now uh, we are uh, almost, uh, more, we are roughly more, uh, even more than 95% of organic food. And this is really great um and the you know the remaining 5% it's uh local really traditional food that sometimes really cannot be sourced from organic producers because they are too small to apply to the the, the organic certification so if you want to uh achieve 100% of organic then you need to reduce the what is traditional what is local really local local means within 70 kilometers and so in this case we we need to to find a balance and we are trying now to get organic food from closer and closer uh, we are aware that is not uh, completely feasible is not really possible sometimes because there's no land available to, to grow uh, these amounts uh, of food. But um, at least we are trying to launch some, some pilot projects in order to, at least for some supply chains, to improve the amount of organic and local food. 
In Bergamo, Sercar manages the collective school catering service. There are 59 schools in the town, of which 19 have an internal school kitchen. But here is something interesting that the municipality has also introduced together with the catering service. From this year, uh, we, we have tried to implement uh, beyond the single traditional menu, uh, we, we got two different menus, one for fall and one spring menu. But beyond the normal, let's say, menu, we, um, we have tried to implement also an alternative menu that families can, can choose for, for their kids. A uh, menu that is more, uh, that is richer in uh, plant-rich foods. It's uh, richer in vegetables, richer, richer in, in legumes and uh, more nuts, less animal protein. Families can choose either the normal menu or the alternative menu. Last but not least, the municipality has developed a monitoring system in order to reduce food waste in school canteens and redistribute food surpluses to food banks and associations. They also give special attention to food education. We really want to encourage students and their families to buy food from scratch and start cooking at, at their home and uh, socialize and you know take take their time to um, have a proper meal and we really want to to change the way uh, these students looks uh, at life and looks at what is food there is also another project starting right now in which bergamo is involved the food trails project Food Trace is a Horizon 2020 project, is a European project and is about uh, the development uh, of food policies uh, at, uh, at local level. And the uh, objective in Bergamo uh, is to promote sustainable uh, food consumption and facilitate the transition of students in this case to healthy and sustainable diets under you know uh, one health perspective we know that we really cannot achieve health for uh, the people if we don't uh, take care of what is the health of the environment we want to achieve this objective uh, through several you know sub uh, objectives among this we 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 want to promote the the creation of a favorable a favorable uh, school food environment uh, that facilitates the choice uh, for healthy and sustainable food we know that uh, food environments are crucial to um, promote uh, um, healthy and sustainable uh, food consumption patterns uh, among people so uh, by, um, by promoting the creation of favorable school food environments, we want to promote among students to choose healthy and sustainable. Yeah, we want to improve access to sustainable food uh, by also improving school menus with a, you know, a view to environmental and nutritional sustainability. So we want to improve these menus by reducing the, the presence of meat and other animal protein and to increase 
the amount of plant-rich foods, such as legumes, fruits, and vegetables. Uh, at the same time, we know there's the risk that uh, this change can also lead to, to an increase in food waste. So we want to identify and put in place some good practices for reducing food waste and surpluses and to raise awareness among students and families uh, why it's important not to waste. The, you know, it's a matter of facts. Kids usually don't eat uh, legumes, don't eat vegetables. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a generational issue. And until, unless parents don't, you know, uh, force their kids to, to eat this food, uh, they don't usually, they don't usually want it. Or, I mean, mm, they are raised with, uh, with these habits. So we, we really want to change this this pattern. We want to change it, their habits and uh, start promoting um, a new mm, way of eating. So I, I think that uh, our society doesn't usually doesn't doesn't uh, usually eat this food. Bergamo has its own Food Policy Council, an instrument that enables citizens and local stakeholders to talk about food at a local level. In Bergamo, we launched our Food Policy Council in uh, 2015. Um, at that time, uh, the Food Policy Council was chaired by the mayor uh, of Bergamo, Giorgio Gori and uh, involved uh, many different actors from Slow Food Bergamo, uh, researchers from the University of Bergamo, uh, many agricultural representatives, other local farming uh, producers, uh, delegates and representatives, uh, professionals, of course, the Botanical Garden of Bergamo, uh, other citizens, uh, citizen associations and Uh, other relevant stakeholders from from you know the the urban uh, urban environment to sum up this food policy council is a is a great instrument to involve stakeholders and co-create solutions to improve sustainability of the food system the municipality has uh, two roles one an active role And so it, it, the municipality carries out initiatives, uh, but also enables the development and the creation of actions from local stakeholders, connecting the dots, connecting different stakeholders and allowing the, uh, the development of uh, shared solutions. Do you have some more questions for Davide or for Thais? Send them to podcast at sfin.org. We have come now to the end of this episode of the Sfin podcast. I hope you got a lot of inspiration from Thais and from Davide to get more involved in your local municipality and start creating sustainable food environments yourself. I also take the chance of this episode in order to invite you to Terra Madre 2022, our biggest event which is going to take place in Turin in Italy from September 22nd to the 26th. If you are new to Slow Food, that's the perfect occasion to get to know our network. If you are already one of us, it's the best place where you can meet with your friends. We will also record some episodes of the Sfin podcast over there, so you can see us behind the scenes. 
See you at Terra Madre or in the next podcast episode. Ciao!